Every once in a while, I come across something very encouraging. I want to share with you today an excerpt from the book Law and Gospel, How to Read and Interpret the Bible by C.F.W. Walter. Walter was a vital part of establishing the Lutheran Church in America. He came to the U.S. in 1838 and eventually worked as a pastor, writer and editor, president of the Missouri Synod, professor and head of Concordia College. In this section I'm about to read, he recounts his faith journey, which is very much in line with some of the concerns I have for Christians and specifically why I started this podcast to be a place of encouragement to push back against a law-based Christian life. Listen to Walter. When I entered university, I did not know even the Ten Commandments by heart and could not recite the books of the Bible. My knowledge of the Bible was pitiful, and by then I did not have the smallest idea of the true faith. However, I had an older brother who had entered the university ahead of me just before I got to university. He joined a society of converted students. When I arrived, he introduced me to this circle of Christians. I had no idea as to what was awaiting me, but I had a great respect for my brother who had invited me to join. At first, I was attracted merely by the friendly and kind way these students treated me. I was not used to such treatment, for in our secondary school, the students had treated one another quite roughly. It was the way these university students treated one another, and people in general, that attracted me at first, not even the word of God. I soon began to appreciate the company of these Christians so much that I gladly attended even the prayer meetings they held. And then, lo and behold, it was there and then that God began to work on my soul by his word. In no time, I had really become a child of God, a believer who trusted in his grace. Of course, at that point, I was not yet deeply grounded in Christian knowledge. A side note about this reading. It is a pretty normal experience for people throughout the ages where someone who is not a believer would experience something different in our company, particularly within groups of us, and come to believe by first belonging. It reminds me of John thirteen thirty-five. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. This presupposes that those who aren't believing in Christ are getting to spend time in community with those of us who do. Back to the reading. This went on for nearly half a year. Then a theology student who was a good deal older, a genuine pietist, and when you hear that word pietist, just think someone very concerned with how we live now that we are a Christian, a genuine pietist joined our group. He figured he would never receive a call to a state church, because at that time, rationalism was in control everywhere. The other students thought we were crazy and avoided us as if we were afflicted with some contagious disease. That was the sad state of affairs in Germany at the beginning of the 19th century. Then this theology student came to us and said, You think you are all converted Christians, do you? But you are not. You have not yet passed through any penitential agony. I fought this view day and night, thinking at first that he meant to take us away from the gospel and put us back under the law. But he kept repeating his claim until I finally began to ask myself whether I was really a Christian. This is me talking again. Notice how even though he had the right information... Even though he understands intellectually what this young man was doing was off, it still negatively affects him. This is why we need to be reminded of the gospel by outside voices. It is not enough to just have all the right answers ourselves. The only way to get a bad song out of our heads is to play a good song. Back to Walter. I fought this view day and night, thinking at first he meant to take us away from the gospel and put us back under the law. But he kept repeating his claim until I finally began to ask myself whether I really was a Christian. At first I had felt so happy, believing in my Lord Jesus Christ. Now a period of severest spiritual affliction began for me. 
I went to the student and asked him, What must I do to be saved? He prescribed a number of things I had to do and gave me several books to read, among them Fresenius's book on confession and communion. The more I read in that book, the more uncertain I became as to whether I really was a Christian. An inner voice kept telling me, There is not enough proof that you truly meet the requirements of a Christian. To make matters worse, the student was more pietistic than Fresenius himself. At that time, whenever I opened any religious book dealing with grace and salvation, I would read only the chapter on repentance. When I got to the chapters on the gospel and faith, I would close the book saying, That is not for me. An increasing darkness settled on my soul as I tasted less and less of the sweetness of the gospel. God knows I did not mean to deceive myself. I wanted to be saved. In those days, I thought the best books were those that spoke a stern language to sinners and left nothing of the grace of God. Then one day, I heard about a man who was said to be a real spiritual doctor. I wrote to him, but in reality I planned to throw his letter into the stove if he said anything about the grace of God and the gospel. However, his letter was so full of comfort that I could not resist its arguments. That is how I was freed from the miserable state into which I had been led chiefly by Fresenius. How happy students of Jesus are when they are immediately given the blessed and comforting doctrine of the gospel. At first glance, you may think of this as a discouragement. If Walter can be deceived, then how am I safe? That's an appropriate response, but it underscores two important things in my mind. Number one, we are all victims of disbelief. This is normal. Number two, surround yourself with people and resources that remind you of the gospel. Notice he kept saying, an inner voice was telling me I was not enough. That same inner voice isn't going to tell you that you are loved by God. You must have a voice outside of yourself. Your bonus word of encouragement today is this. Don't beat yourself up for moving away from the gospel. As we fight this flesh versus spirit battle, that is normative. But be encouraged, for happy are the students of Jesus when they are given the blessed and comforting doctrine of the gospel. Mm-hmm.